Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Hello, legends. The stats are in. Andy Raymond Unfiltered listeners are in the top 2% of best sorts in the country and top 1% of well-hung beasts. Congratulations, you. Now tuck it between your legs and get ready for some unfiltered footy talk. You've been warned. We're going deep undercover here, and our goal is to find out who's who at the Canterbury Bulldogs, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because at every club, there's a range of different personalities, and those different personalities are required to make the group function as a whole. Joining us and ready to give his teammates up is centre Aaron Schomp from the Bulldogs. Who's the teammate most likely to be nominated for Person of the Year because they are so nice to everyone? Oh, in our team, um, yeah, it'd probably be Josh Cook, one of the young boys. It's just um, signed from the Bunnies. Yeah, okay. I don't think I've ever heard a bad, bad word come out of his mouth. He, yeah, he's he's a good bloke. He's um, he's he like there's no complaining with Josh. He just does anything. He'll go along with everything. Um, yeah. Okay, who's the troublemaker of the group? Oh, that that's got to be Matt Dufty for sure. There we go. Toughest. Toughest. Um. Yeah, Josh Jackson, easily. Loosest. Oh, loosest. Um, Jack Harrington. Oh, how did I know that was coming? Yes. <laughs> Every bulldog says Jack Hetherington. Who talks the most? Um, someone that talks the most? Oh, Josh Harrington, for sure. Okay. Who talks the least? Jack Abrilla. He's very calm, collected, and cool, kept to himself. Love it. What about tidiest in the change rooms? You'd be surprised. I walked past Tavita Pangai Jr.'s locker. He's got his shampoo, his towel, his little scrubber. It's all set up neat in his little basket in his locker. There you go. Who's the complete opposite? Whose uh, locker looks like a bomb has gone off? Max King, by far. Wow. Who never complains? Um, never complains. Jackson DePine. Okay. Who always complains? Brent Naden. <laughs> Who's the coach's pet? Who's the suck up to Trent Barrett? Oh, the coach's pet. Um, I'm sorry, Kyle Flanagan. There we go. No Mitchell Pierce at the Newcastle Knights in 22, but one fella glad he did have the chance to learn from Mitch for a couple of seasons joins us. Phoenix Crossland has lobbed on the weekly watch. Good for a young half to have a coach, a mentor like Mitchell to help a training, mate. Yeah, Piercy was um he was yeah, he's the best player I've ever got to train with. I'm very lucky to have had three years, you know, doing my trade under him. And mm. um yeah, he's just the way he talks about the game and understands the game is just I'd like sometimes when he's trying to teach me stuff, I had no idea what he was talking about. But as you get older, you sort of understand. Yeah. But yeah, he was, I'm very lucky to have, you know, since my very first training sessions, he, he's been there until obviously this year. But 
yeah, I've learned heaps under him. He's a real footy head, isn't he? Like he's a he's the absolute footy nerd. Yeah, he is. He's always, you know, he's always there doing video and, um, you know, I'm, I'm I like footy too. Like always, always watching it. So mm. it was good to have him there, someone on the same page. And we would just sit there, even when we're doing gym, we'd be the last to finish gym, not because we're doing exercise, but just because we'd get like just waste time talking about footy and different yeah. plays we can do the next day. But yeah, it was really good to have around. And yeah, he just loves footy. Mitch gone. Now there to help you, uh, a bloke who go, you know, he went all right as a footballer. Andrew Johns on the coaching staff. How's Joey been? Yeah, he's good. He was, he's um, he's pretty similar to Drew the way he talks about footy. Sometimes yep. you don't understand what he's saying, but um, he's just really good. Like he just the way he talks about footy, it's more he just brings it back to, you know, the basic skills okay. that we need to execute because. You know, when you when you're playing footy and people say, "Oh, footy, they need to get a like, give them a break. They can't be perfect all the time." But when you're when it's your job, you kind of have to be, and mm-hmm. that's what he expects from us. So, um, yeah, he's been really big on just execution, and because every team sort of run the same players, but yep. the teams that make it work are the teams that can do it the best. So that's what he's been trying to bring to us. Bingo, this year. bingo, mm-hmm. mate, a hundred percent. Two really good footy minds to learn from. Different guys but and different teachers. Mate, one of the raps on you from the staff at Newcastle is you're a sponge. You just learn and you listen and you learn even more. Good trait to have as a young bloke. Just soak it all up. Yeah, it's something you, gotta, you have to do when you're young, when you don't. Like you think you think you know everything when you're you know, my age, when you've come through and made all the rep teams and that. But when you get to NRL, it's such a new world. Like there are so many things that you have had no idea about footy and yeah I think it's the great thing to do is just soak it all up and and learn and then the next thing is to actually go and do it which is you know obviously training and that but yeah it's always trying you know pick a little bit from everyone's mind thanks for dropping in for the chat legend good stuff I'll be keeping an eye on you in the coming weeks thanks mate cheers Hey legends, I hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. How would you like to be part of our team? Our sponsorship packages are ready to go. From scripted ads to website placement and social media promotions, personal appearances, voice recordings and more, the opportunities are limited only by your imagination. You set the terms. Unfiltered is reaching hundreds of thousands of potential clients every single week and we cater to businesses both big and small. We'll work with you to guarantee you get exactly what you want, how you want, and when you want. Next week, we could be promoting you right here. Packages start from as little as a couple of hundred dollars. If you're interested in joining our team, go to our website and hit the sponsorship tab. Go to andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Handling a debut game. Different guys do it different ways. They handle the week differently. They handle the occasion differently. Paul Momorowski has lobbed. Your debut, my man, was the 15th of July, 2018. It was the Roosters against the Titans. What do you remember, firstly, of being told you were playing first grade? Yeah, that was um, it was a bit of a surprise. It was through the origin period there. I think Robbo was playing on wrestling with Trell at the time and um, Mitch Orbison was playing, was picked in the centres and I was 18th man. So I didn't know until the day before, which in hindsight is probably better because I didn't have a whole week to um, prepare. Yeah. I just remember through that period, I was obviously hoping I'd get a crack and you got someone like Mitch Orbison who's 
as reliable as anything. And I think we had a couple other players out. You had Sean O'Sullivan and Paul Asa, um Pharmacilli debuting as well. So maybe he saw the process was not too many changes. Orbo's can fit in there. But Orbo ended up on captain's run with a tight hamstring. And I remember hearing, look, we're going to give him every chance to play tomorrow. So we'll, we'll test him in the morning. So that's just... Um, if, he, if he's out, you're in. And I remember going up to Gold Coast the, the day before thinking it could be my debut, couldn't, it might not be. So I've called my family. My parents are in Europe, actually. They, they couldn't be there. I called my brother and a few friends. At, I couldn't even guarantee them I was playing, but they flew up. So they didn't know until they, they arrived whether they um, were going to watch me play or watch me sit on wow. the bench. So, um, yeah, it was a tough one for me to try for them to make a decision to come up. Yeah. In case they didn't play, but they decided to do it anyway. And then Orbo um, obviously got ruled out. So I remember it was actually just a bit of relief that I didn't drag my family and friends up here to the, uh, up to the Gold Coast to, um, yeah, watch literally watch me sit on the sidelines. So. <laughs> Mate, it's three years on or four seasons on now. You can tell us the truth. At the captain's run, were you death riding Orbo? Oh, not at all. <laughs> I, I don't remember he... Um, I didn't think he had an issue with it before the captain's run. I think it just kind of popped up on captain's run. So wow. it was a bit of a shock, but it was towards the end. I remember like um, I didn't didn't leave the captain's run thinking I'm definitely playing. It was just more of a, oh, oh he's just pulled up a bit tight, which happens yep. all the time, I guess. You just don't know the severity of it and whether he'll be able to play or oh, – I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited, but yeah. at the same time, I wasn't too um, – yeah, well, I definitely wasn't sure that I was going to be playing. What stands out from the game itself, apart from the try, because you scored on debut? What stands out? Anything in particular? Um, yeah, I think for me, like your first game, it's all the, like, there's no grind of first grade at that point. You're just so excited to play. There's yeah. no, you're not worried about next week. You're not worried about anything but that game. With that mindset, it's, I wouldn't say it's easy, but yeah. You get, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. There's no like kind of no pressure on you. Yep. Got rolled throwing in on the same day. He's going to play, play a game. But I remember, I think that game, the three tries were the three debutants. Mm. And then I remember after every one of the tries, it was kind of we all kind of looked at each other like this isn't just happening. We're all playing first grade. And we've all sort of got our first tries, and just just winning. I think was the best part. Like you don't want to walk into a shed and listen listening to a sort of negative post match speech. Yep after you're trying to celebrate the biggest day of your career. The Roosters, of course, would go on to win the Premiership that year, something you guys will look back on so fondly in years to come. Thanks for the chat, mate. Catch you soon. This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. Let's start with Will Hopawadi. Okay, buddy, some questions from our legendary listeners. We start with this one from Hawley in Liverpool. What was the key to your consistency on the field? Because from where I sat, we always knew exactly what we were going to get from you. Um, well, I think a big thing well, for me anyway and uh, was probably just preparation. Um, yeah, so the, the week heading into the game, I always tried to do my best in terms of Nutrition, sleep, hydration, video, training. Um, really just trying to be the best version of Will Hopwadi I could be. And um, I think a big part of uh, that consistency goes to preparation heading into the week. And so um, definitely was no 
no fluke or by chance, but um, hard work behind the scenes. It's certainly changed, hasn't it, uh, the preparation that, that every player goes through. And I guess as you mature as a young man off the field, that preparation evolves. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, as a when I first, you know, come into the scene as a, a first grader, um, I didn't really have to, you know, recover much. Yeah. The body recovered a lot quicker than, you know, than it does now. But, uh, yeah, a bit more longer in the ice bath as the years went on and uh, a bit more longer stretching and doing things of a recovery nature to help me prepare for the following week. And so um, that, that's one aspect that I've seen uh, definitely evolve. And the king, Wally Lewis. The losing punter. It's a fair nickname. Could be, could be any one of my mates, actually. He asks, <laughs> the best Cameron Smith-led Maroons versus the best Wally Lewis-led Maroons. Who wins and why? Um, oh, look, you know, we'd, I'd like to be able to show a lot of uh, faith and, uh, and dignity in saying uh, that my guys uh, yeah. never, never, ever gave up. Um, and they didn't. They, uh, they never gave up. Um, but the other team didn't have to give up. Yeah. Um, I've got to say that uh, that was uh, that was one hell of a special team. Yeah, Cam Smith were in charge. Um, we had uh, some some wonderful stats uh, to brag about why we were so good and how good we were, but we didn't win eight straight. And uh, to be able to win eight straight against a New South Wales team, which geez, they had some good players on board there. So I, I guess you've got to say that. Um, um, on the on the stats alone, you've you've got to favour the Cam Smith led side. I know I've uh, I've probably thrown petrol on the fire for a lot of the guys that I was mm. playing with, but um, without being insulting to the uh, to the guys of uh, uh, of Cam Smith's direction, uh, I can all and and Mal Meninga's coaching. Mm. Um, I'd also place a lot of faith in playing alongside um, you know Mal while he was in that uh, that early eighties side yep. as, as well. We had a uh, a group of blokes, and you know again I go back to that um, that line about um, you know we were all born at the same time. Yeah. Um, Colin Scott, Kerry Bowster, Gene Miles, Mel Meninga, Chris Close, myself, Mark Murray, Paul Vorton, Wally Fulton Smith, Brian Ebling, Greg Dowling, Greg Canescu, and Dave Brown. Ron McAuliffe answered a question: Who was most responsible? Um, for Queensland success was at one of the players um, and he said no no it's the Lords the big bloke upstairs he said he's been very good to us and uh, again I, I keep going back to that one story but it was something that uh, um, we had a, a group of guys that were born at the same time that trusted each other that liked each other's company um, and I'll, uh, I'll back them every day of the week but I can't say that they were better than the uh, um, than the other side that was that was something else to win eight series against a New South Wales side that had plenty of good players is, uh, is hard to imagine The King the King on the podcast not for the first time either we've done both a Dream Team podcast with him and didn't that create some controversy as well as a three-part legend series interview you never heard Wally like this before got to check it out as you make your way through our library it is the biggest in the game The old firm, Cherry Evans and Foran, they did well for the Eagles in 2021, didn't they? Hoping to repeat that and then some this season. But who does what in that combination from the Seagulls? Morgan Harper has dropped in. Welcome, mate. Um, 
Who's the talker, the organiser of the two? Um, if I'm being honest, both of them, mate. Um, they're both uh, – oh, well, this is a bit rough. Um, yeah, no, they're both, they're both very, very uh, vocal when we play, um, very experienced and uh, sort of gives yourself – gives me or, or not gives me confidence, you know, knowing that sort of they're there and around, you know, they're very experienced. As I said, they're very – very uh, talented players and, mm. you know, they, they don't stop barking the whole game and the organisation is second and none. So uh, it's just sort of working off the back of that uh, with combinations, et cetera, to, to try and best utilise ourselves, I guess, mate. And, yeah, so to, to answer your question, I, I don't think there's one person who talks more than the other out of those two. They're both very, very organised and they both talk, so... Yeah, real real halves don't shut up for the whole game. That's a nice way of putting it, mate. For a young bloke, that that's exceptional, though. Um, you know, to to learn from, you get to listen to two guys that have played for a decade plus. They know the tricks. They can read the play. They're really good football minds. Um, you only have to worry about your job. You don't have to worry about you know organising because they're doing it for you. Yeah, I guess so, and that's the great thing about what we have at Manly. Everyone has their role and and their job, I guess, and they they do it to the best they can. And and um, you know, there's sort of that's sort of the way we are. Mm. Works hard for each other. Everyone wants to win for each other. So, and just having two very experienced halves like that sort of guiding us around always helps. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, grateful and uh, happy to be part of the that team, to be honest with you. 30-something games of first grade for you now. Have you found your feet as a first grader yet? And and the reason I ask, um, Gordon Tallis told me on our very first podcast interview that he played eight years before he felt as though he actually belonged. Like he'd won a premiership, he'd played State of Origin, he'd played for Australia, but he didn't feel like he belonged. He he thought the adjustment to first grade really took a while. What about you? Yeah, I guess you sort of. For me personally, I don't. You sort of don't ever find your feet. Well, you do in a way, but you there's always things that you want to sort of put add into your game, and there's things you want to take out, and things that you have to adjust. And that's just a continual kind of process that goes on for every game. For speaking in uh, my own experiences. Um. Look, uh, last year was the first year I played over two games, so mm. um, it was it was good. Uh, I learned I learned a lot, um, both good and bad things. Um, you know, I'm just doing my best now, I guess, to figure out what works, what doesn't work, and and how to how to keep pushing forward and moving forward. Because at the end of the day, you know, I want to keep getting better, and I want to I want to win. So um, I guess if you ask if I found my feet in a way, mm. but it's, it, you can't stop growing, you can't stop getting better. Or you- that makes plenty of sense. Always a pleasure, mate. Chat again soon. Now, speaking of Gordy's interview on the podcast, it was actually episode number one. Yes, we kicked it all off with The Raging Bull, and here's just a little of what was said. From the outset, was there a feeling of belonging or did you actually feel out of place? 
felt out of place. I didn't believe that I belonged until about 99 on a first grade footy field. That I was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, really? Yeah, strange. Like, like, like when you make sides and that, like you, you must played for Queensland and Australia. Australia, and yeah, but it's it's sort of strange. But before you know, like that, when you run out on the field and you're part of it and you own the field and you're so belonging or or being the like the big dog and being mm. the man. I I reckon it was ninety nine before I truly believed that. When you're playing with Shane Webke or you know Laurie Daly or Brad Fittler or Andrew Johns, that you belonged in that sort of category, yep. not, not not just belonging um, playing first grade. I, you know, I mean, you wanted to play with the best and make sure that they looked at you and you know they looked at you the way that you looked at them. I suppose. Which old heads tried to make it tough for you in those early games? Try and you oh, know pick up, pick on the little kid, pick oh, on the young kid. I remember playing against South. Um, in reserve grade and I was at the Dragons and I was just running mad and I thought I had to try to run and prove myself so I'm trying to run over everybody and there was blokes like Wayne Chisholm and all those guys that were in and out of first grade and South had that tough back they had Les Davison and all those guys Ian Roberts so you imagine what their reserve grade side was like had a few old tough heads and um, I remember they were just hitting me and they were always just hitting me high because back then they could. Yeah. You know, like it was a bit of a cheap shot, you know, like just teach this kid a lesson. I remember playing with Wally Fulton Smith and I'll never forget it. He said, just, uh, he packed him on the scrum and said, leave the kid alone. And I think he headbutted, you know, and I'll never forget that. And then it's sort of like, hey, mate, let this kid play. Mm. You know, don't, you know, like don't try to ruin him. And Of all the comments from all the legends we've had on the podcast, this one has stuck with me for whatever reason. Amazing from the Raging Bull. That's all the way back to episode one, a cracking interview. Let's now fast forward to episode seven and my favourite twin, Josh Morris. Josh, you moved from the Dragons to the Bulldogs for the 09 season. How did it come about and did it hurt? I'm thinking you're a South Coast boy and assuming... All you wanted to do was represent the local side, which was the Dragons. Yeah, it, um, you know, at that stage, I probably thought I was going to play out my whole career at the Dragons with yeah. the long side. And you just think that that's going to happen. And then um, Brownie was the coach and um, I was about to sign a new deal with him and then Brownie got um, sacked and, and Wayne came in. and um, I was actually playing playing golf and I got a, a phone call off my manager and um, he pretty much said that the deal had been hard that I was about to sign. And, wow. um, you know, that really rattled me. Um, and then after that it was about, well, I think I'm a centre. Um, you know, I think that's where I can play my best footy. It was yep. about where could I uh, become a centre at. And um, at that stage uh, the Roosters were interested um, mm-hmm. you know, Freddie was taking over as coach and uh he was he was genuine um about his interest. But then uh Anthony Minicello um got injured and they re signed a, a couple of younger players and um that option got taken off the table pretty quickly and uh at that stage I'd also been at the Bulldogs and Kevin Moore was coming in as the new coach and yeah. um yeah, I went there and, and was really impressed by the setup and just spoke to him and he, he he said, "You know that I think you you're a center. Um, yep. You know, I want to I want to play you there for for the next two seasons. I, I I'm not going to drop you if you have a bad game. I really 
think that that's your position and um, you know, I really want to see how you go. And that was enough for me to you know, pretty much sign there and then um, to have a coach's uh, support like that and the backing. Um, you know, he's, he obviously saw some potential there. And, yeah. um, you know, funnily enough, the, the next year, um, I was awarded Dallium Centre of the Year. Yeah. Um, had one of my best seasons. Um, so, yeah, it was um, funny how things work out. And, um, yeah, I, I spent 10 great years there at, at the Dolls as well. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Next week on the Legends Series, the captain of what I reckon is the greatest collection of footballers ever assembled, the 1982 Australian Kangaroos, the invincible, the legend that is Max Krillich. Looking back at the hookers in 74 or thereabouts, obviously a very talented group, but it's the toughness that stands out for me, the Elwyn Walters, the Mike Stevens, and Steve Edge, George Paponis, yeah. some Wonderful footballers, some tough men, though. Yeah, um, all those guys, yeah. all those guys, but they had all good players around them too, by the way. You yeah. can see, see uh, Aubrey Walters, all good fella, lovely fella. He ended up playing at Manly with us. He, mm. um, he had all those South Sydney guys with him, Sats yeah. and Lurch and that, and then you got Mick Stevenson had the big buffets from over at Penrith. That's right. Um, Edgy had the, all the St George, Albert and all those guys, yeah. Starkey with him and – yeah, so Brucey was Stark, that's and, right, um, yeah. Canterbury, um, George, Papas, you know, they they were one of the toughest sides for many, many years for mm. through the through the seventies and into the eighties. That's why they won a number of competitions. Yeah. They always had big, tough forwards, and they played tough. Mm. Um, and George knew, you know, he might have been a doctor, but he was no softy. I got to tell you, George, he really knew he could handle himself. George, I tell you, wow, interesting. Yeah. Best hooker you went one-on-one with, Max. Who stands out as the best? As a rake, John McMahon. There we go. I wouldn't have picked that, Johnny, straight up. John McMahon as a ball winner, yeah. Yeah? Ball winner. If you if you break even with John or end up in front of him and, you know, say the scrubs went 9-8 or 10-9 or 8-all or 8-9 against you, you've done a bloody good job. That's almost a win. Yeah, it is a win yeah. because he was a tremendous ball, ball winner. Um, then again, he had good front rollers with him as well. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, you had to have big front rollers, um, and who knew how to pack in, come in mm. at the right angles, come in hard, all that sort of stuff. And you only had a few seconds. It's not like it is now that they're having a rest and walking around. No, Honestly, right. it makes me feel crook. I know the game's changed, but yeah, you know, they stand there and they're resting. They're resting. Well, a scrum is a rest now. Yeah, it's, it's a, a reset. We had to get set in five seconds and boring, unbelievably boring. And one of the places it used to actually get you, it was in your legs because you're actually pushing as well. Even the hook yep. at a certain stage of that scrum, while it's trying to get packed for the ball to come in, yep. you're pushing in hard as well. So it was, it was very hard yakka. 
I keep telling you, any episode at any time, it will make sense. All of our interviews are done so they're timeless. They won't date. More proof? Here's a beauty from the Weekly Watch last year featuring best mates Ricky Stewart and Craig Bellamy. On behalf of the fans, we get great enjoyment out of watching your blow-ups in the coach's box, but so too do others, your rivals. We interviewed your very good mate Ricky Stewart on episode four, and he had this to say. Do you get a giggle out of seeing other coaches blow up? I know Craig Bellamy's a great mate of yours. It still makes me laugh. It just never gets old. He's worse than me. He is a dickhead in the box, mate, honestly. He could be up by 18 and he's going off his head. And, and I, I sit back and laugh and laugh and laugh at him. And then I sit back and I think, Jesus Christ, the people there all sitting back laughing at me. Oh, with mates like that, who needs enemies? But uh, Exactly, exactly. The one thing I will, I, I will you know, I, I don't usually retort or re- return, um, you know, I suppose slander from um, from Rick because he's he's a lot smarter than me at that because he's he does it to a lot more people and he does it a lot more often. Yeah. But the one thing I have never been guilty of is throwing a full bottle of water <laughs> at, at one of our supporters. Like I don't <laughs> understand. At I can understand the opposition supporters, but hey, Rick, mate. They go throwing stones at me if you're throwing water bottles at your own fans, mate. Love it. Love this too. Our guest has just completed his first full pre-season. Just on 12 months ago, he was promoted into the Eels' top 30. He debuted in round 19. Will Penasini, you'll look back on this last year with plenty of fond memories, I reckon. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty crazy year. Um, going into my first NRL pre-season, uh, you know, being around the people that you idolise and growing up watching, um, come through the development squads through Parramatta, and you know, I always looked looked up to those boys um, playing NRL, and to be able to you know train with them and basically live day by day with them was was a experience in itself. And then um, playing New South Wales Cup with with a couple of the boys, and then later on in the year being able to make my NRL debut, um, yeah, it was a, it was a crazy year, but um, you know, I enjoyed it very much. Physically, how much has the body changed in 12 months? You're only 19, you're still growing, but with the extra training, how much has changed? Yeah, I think it's, it's changed um, quite a bit, actually, um, getting used to the physicality of, of the older boys and um, obviously training almost every day. You know, your body kind of transforms and, and moulds to be able to handle it. Uh, I put on a little bit of size as well during that, um, that first preseason and going into this second one and... Um, yeah, I think it's molded my body to you know, be able to try to handle you know, the NRL. What a back end to last season. That is dreams come true type of stuff for you, I'd imagine. Yeah, 100%. Um, being able to make my debut and, and, you know, when Brad told me, I just, you know, my body went numb and uh, it's like, you know, you always dream of stuff like that. And to be able to get the chance to make my debut for the club I've always supported as, was a dream come true in itself. And then, um, you know, Brad later then um, chose me in the team um, for a couple couple games later after that. And um, I was just trying to enjoy it week by week and try to soak it all up um, and uh, just go out there and have fun and do my job as best I can. Mate, um, new addition to the coaching staff in the off-season, uh, Paul McGregor. Have you done much work with him about centre play over the off-season? Because old Mary, he was a bloody good <laughs> centre back in the day. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
Mary's been a great addition to um, you know the coaching staff, and especially for me, um, he's been working pretty closely with during our post sessions and, and a bit on video. Um, you know, he's been guiding me, and just giving me a few tips and pointers. Um, you know, and how to better myself in that position. Um, but yeah, he's been he's been great for me. You know, he's been a massive help, and, he, and he's a great bloke as well. So, um, you know, Mary's been helping me a lot during this season, and um, hopefully I can carry that on into the season as well. You've realised by now that Mary's just a footy nerd. He loves talking <laughs> footy and will keep talking footy until you walk out the room. Yeah, 100%. He's very detailed in, in um, you know, when he explains what uh, some pointers to give me. And I um, also was lucky enough to have him in that little origin um, pathways camp. So, yep. you know, it was good to um, have that exposure towards his, you know, wisdom. Obviously, he was a great center and a great player um, back when he was playing and, um, you know, it's great to have someone like that. It's going to be one hell of a ride for you over the next decade or so. Thanks for the chat, mate. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, no worries. If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, please go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. If you don't, I'll send my mother-in-law to your place for the weekend. And trust me... You don't want that. Big shout out to the following legends that left a rating or a review last week, or rating and review, uh, to Billy Roberts, to Dexter Seven, to Tom Nichols 69, to Triple Six Duncan, Griffo underscore D, Jason Luke, Mark Carbine, I think it's Carbine, otherwise I really screwed it up, to Adrian L21, and to CE underscore Eels1986. Thank you all very much, Legends. Really appreciate it. And the free weekly trucker's hat goes to CE Eels86. This is the footy segment that's actually not even a footy segment at all. It's simply called Favourites. And joining us for some utterly nonsense crap talk is the Dragons' Blake Laurie. Mate, I'll mention a field, an industry, a thing. You simply mention your favourite. Let's start with teammate. Favourite teammate. Oh, I couldn't know one person. I would have to... There's a, there's a few. Um, I love... Love Zach Zach Lomax just because his competitive nature yep. wants to win everything. He's one of me like one of me closest mates outside of outside of footy. I always go for coffees and all that stuff. Jack Bird as well, just because just because of his competitive nature, yeah. um, fights for every inch. Obviously, what he, everything he's been through, and got a good bit, huge respect for him. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty, but there's plenty there's plenty more. But them two, if I had to single out, yeah. just because them two, just because of the competitive nature and and just like they're good, they're good to be around, you know what I mean? Like we, they've got the same hobbies, like to go play golf and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a bit of golf, um, but yeah, if I just single out, probably them too. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? Have to, uh, have to be Adam Sandler. I'm a massive Adam Sandler fan. Or oh, actually, Denzel Washington's good too. Yeah. Um, no, I have to go Adam Sandler. Okay. Oh, Happy Gilmore or something like that. <laughs> Favorite pizza? Meat, meat lovers. You can't go past meat lovers for myself. Barbecue, maybe extra barbecue sauce and extra cheese. Yeah, correct. Favorite pub? Mm, have to be a local one. Just down Shalabri, probably just down the water. Shalabri Pub, Ocean Beach Hotel. Favorite ground to play at? Definitely Wynn Stadium. Grew up a local junior. Mm. Um, yeah, you can't go past Wynn Stadium. One of the, the decks 
immaculate and when, when we're winning and playing good footy, the, the Dragons fans are very loud there. Favourite holiday spot? Haven't been on too many holidays. Obviously, the last couple of years, obviously, COVID's had yeah. a big impact, but um, favourite holiday spot been probably, probably Bali if the, the misses, to be honest. Favourite opponent? Favourite opponent? There's a couple of rivalries the Dragons have got. Obviously, the local derby against the Sharks. Yeah. Roosters, Anzac Day. That's always a massive one. Mm. And South too. I don't know. Something about South the last couple of years. It's just been a... And obviously, I think the Charity Shield's got a bit to do with it. And I don't know, the, the thing is the semi-final in 2017 and 2018, they beat us by one point. Mm. Yeah, that's probably... Not... South's... Probably between them three, South Roosters and Sharks. I don't know, just because the local derby and everyone gets up for it on their special occasions and all that stuff. There we go, a little bit about Blake, Blocker, Laurie. Good luck on the weekend, mate. Thanks, Andy. Have a good one. Uh, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always... Back Pikey in the last.